Welcome to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. I'm Renee Frazier, the CEO and founder of Frazier Communications. We're a full-service advertising and marketing firm representing companies like Lexus, Toyota, the state of California, uh, the county of Los Angeles. We do work with Clean Power Alliance, promoting the use of solar and wind power, the Department of Water and Power, and we also work with the L.A. County Department of Public Health, letting people know about things like a, a free lead paint remediation program. Um, my firm, Fraser Communications, is focused on doing well by doing good. We only take on purpose-driven campaigns, but my show is also purpose-driven. I called it Why Women because I wanted to explore on the air why women succeed and lead. Inspiring women come on our show to tell their stories of how they develop their career, their business, and they offer us tips and insights into their journeys so that all of our listeners can be inspired to lead and succeed. On today's show, Why Women, we have Tracy McCubbin, and Tracy is an entrepreneur with an amazing company that gets rid of clutter, declutterify. And I think many of us have had experience with friends who keep too much clutter in their homes and also hoarding. I have a relative who's a hoarder, and I know that Tracy has experienced that as well. And it's always mystified me as a social psychologist running a marketing firm. I've always been intrigued by mindset, personalities, how we persuade people, what motivates people. And in my business, we have to engage people, get their attention, but then also give them information or create an emotional connection that persuades them, that stays with them as part of the brand, and then, of course, that they take action. But in our lives, too, people have these mindsets, experiences from the past that can impact the way they live their lives daily, and I know that Tracy is familiar with this as well. Before I introduce Tracy, I want to mention one of the things. She's the author of two wonderful books, Make Space for Happiness and Making Space Clutter Free. Tracy, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, Tracy, we're thrilled to have you. Tracy and I met at a Women Presidents Organization conference in Las Vegas, and I was so impressed with her business, her acumen, and her life. I wanted to share with all of you what she's about. Tracy, tell us how you got into this business, please. Um, so I always call myself an accidental entrepreneur. I, um, I was doing a bunch of different jobs. I tried to be a voiceover actress for a minute. I was, I had an accounting minor, so I was helping small businesses do their books. I was a secretary in a law firm back before they were even called executive assistants. And then I landed on being a personal assistant. So I was a personal assistant to two different people for about 10 years. And I absolutely loved it. I loved problem solving. I loved that it was different every day. I loved that um, I could help make someone's life run smoother. So the last person that I was working for was a director of television. And when he had downtime, he would kind of loan me out to friends. He'd say, oh, my <laughs> assistant can do anything. She's great. She can get it done. <laughs> so I started, you know, doing things and, and very interesting, like, oh, my grandmother passed away and I have all these papers of hers and I don't know what to do with them. And, oh, my husband's business went under and he's, his office is piled. And so I started doing these jobs. And I mean, I joke in the beginning, I wasn't even charging. I was like, oh, it's just fun. It's a nice <laughs> little thing. And then I was like, well, let me start charging. Right. Let me figure that out quick. And um, something clicked. It just was what I was here 
to put here to do. And my little flip phone started blowing up, mm-hmm. and that was 16 years ago. I made a website. I had a friend who was like, this is a thing. This is an actual job. Right. And this is a career. So I launched my website. I got in my little station wagon, and... 16, 17 years later, I have 12 employees. I have a warehouse. Um, I think I think we've just, I, well, maybe our like 25th hundred client. Wow. It was amazing. Wow. And I think that it was really, um, for me, it was an interesting to land on. You know, sometimes we look at life and our successes and and this idea of like, oh, I did that and I didn't, I didn't like it. So it was a failure. But for me, everything I had done before added up. Right. All the other skills, my accounting skills, my people skills, you know, being in front of the everything added up and it made sense in this business. I love that, that it's, uh, you know, it was I don't want to say destined, but you you found a path to it and you, all the skills you accumulated made sense for the job. I, You know, I, I, I don't pe- think people realize how common a problem this is. Oh, oh no, we are. In, I, I will say this. And I'm the person that knows. We are in a clutter crisis. I mean, this country, let's just talk about what people are spending on outside storage. Right. You know, you you know, I I mistakenly went to your office today and you're right next door to a storage Storage, unit. Public storage. I mean, and I have been in hundreds of storage units and no one's storing anything there, nothing is in those storage units that's worth more than they're paying for months. That's right. So that's right. I, I think we're really upside down in what's important to us. I think we're being owned by our stuff instead of our stuff owning us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the bulk of it really falls on the women. Right, you right. We, we tend to be the ones. And I think there's so much emotion connected to the stuff that people don't feel comfortable cleaning it out, and it means a reckoning in some ways. Absolutely. And, uh, Renee, emotion from, I feel guilty that I spent money on this thing I'm never going to use, or this person passed away and gave this to me. Am I completely getting rid of their legacy if I throw it away? We, you know, stuff comes to us with no meaning, and we imbue all this meaning on it. Good point. So, you know, for me, what I want is to people to understand that they are the you know, they're the master of their destiny and that your home and your workspace is a tool. And so if you feel like it's out of control, you have the ability to take it back. And and I loved what you said about your business and a purpose-driven mission. And that's how I feel like I want everyone to love their home and I want it to work for them. Mm -hmm. And I want it to be filled with things that are beautiful to them and are useful to them. I go into so many homes where people are like, oh, we don't even go in those two rooms. That's just, you know, and I'm like, you have this great house and you're not even using Two rooms you're not using. Crazy, crazy. Well, tell us about how you get called in when you say you go into people's homes. Um, And I think I saw the movie The Maid. I think she also did that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. She did a bit of it, too. And, and, um, you know, it's I'm very lucky, uh, and this will speak to you a lot, about 15 years ago, there was one of the first, um, it was a website called Daily Candy. Do you remember this? I remember. And so every, every day you would get an email with a little piece of candy of what they thought was groovy, cool, new. I got written up on that 16 years ago. And they sent me an email and they said, you need to be up at five in the morning because you have no idea. And 
I, I to this day have people, still clients who are like, found you on. It was a kind of marketing. I didn't pay for it. Right. I could never recreate it. Never. No, never. Never. You know, I remember Daily Candy. We could buy space on yes. it for clients, and we did do that. And it was one of the first ways like a blog uh, to get to women and moms, but mostly women, right? Not Absolutely. Just moms. And I really believe, and I think, and you might be the person to do this. I think that we're going to look back at this last 20 years and we're going to understand that the power of the internet, the power of digital marketing is what changed business for women because we didn't have to get capital to take right. to open a website. We didn't have to have a brick and mortar. All of a sudden, and then we had access, like you said, to the blogs, the mommy blogs. All of a sudden, we had a voice in a brand new medium. You're right. And I think that that changed business for women. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, we have now more women entrepreneurs, obviously, than ever, ever before. Esty is a good example, too, right, where women who do crafting and making things can promote them. And you're right. All you have to do is create a website and you can sell you know there's even the back end that can be handled by ups they have uh, centers for instance at ontario airport you deliver your merchandise to them like in bulk and then they pack it and ship it for you you just get the orders off the internet and you connect it to them so women can finally do this a lot of women have separate gigs right where they do this on the side and i think listeners are probably thinking yeah i'd like to do that yeah. you know it could be jewelry it could be things you make it can be anything and you're right it opened up a, an opportunity for women, especially stay-at-home moms, too, who really couldn't get to an office to do work. So Absolutely. I think I, yeah, I think it, as I'm expanding and scaling my business um, and I'm looking to go to other cities, this is one of the things that I say, like, my business, a professional decluttering and organizing business, is a great business for women re-entering the workforce. Good point. You know, for kids who are a little bit older and, you know, kids leave for school at 7.30 and they're not home till 6 o'clock. Like, all of a sudden you have this chunk so I'm really looking at expanding this business and offering it to women in that situation. And I think it's such an um, economic boom for women. I agree. I think it's a wonderful thing. You know, I, I love doing that on this show, Tracy. So I'm glad that you're talking about it, finding avenues for women uh, to lead and succeed, right, and make a living for themselves. There's even a website for moms coming back to get jobs like this. But uh, what, what we're going to talk about next is how you got the first client, what the clients are like, and how people come to you for business besides Daily Candy. I'd love to hear that. And then I wanted to also ask questions about who are these people and, and delve into the psychology behind it. I want everyone to know you're listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why? women and we have tracy mccubbin on who's talking about declutter your homes with declutterfly and i like the idea it's decluttering and organizing because i think all of us could use some of that organizing strength stay tuned you'll be listening to news and traffic and then we'll be right back with the dr renee Fraser show why women and learn more about how to declutter and organize To the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. 
why women do what they do to succeed and lead. And today we're talking about a wonderful woman entrepreneur. She calls herself an accidental entrepreneur, but quite a successful one with 12 people and now scaling into other cities and states. It's Tracy McCubbin. Tracy, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Renee. Let's talk about why, how you got your first business. I had left off saying, you know, what kind of customers come to you and what are their expectations? Just so we can lay the landscape out for everyone. Absolutely. And I think that this is really, I, I always like to underscore this when I'm talking about entrepreneurship for women, that the strongest place that you can start is your own community. So for me, when I realized I had a business and people were coming I just put the word out to friends and family Mm -hmm. and friends of friends. And I provided such an excellent product that word spread very fast. Honestly, until about three months ago, I'd never done any advertising. Wow! It was all word word of of mouth. mouth. It was word of mouth. And so I think one of the things that, you know, draws in this idea of gaining clients through word of mouth is that you go in, you're a known product, Mm -hmm. right? Someone's like, oh, you have to call this woman. She helped us. And because I'm in people's homes, my team is in people's homes and we're literally touching their stuff. There has to be a huge level of trust. 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 Yeah. So I always tell people, you know, I get a lot of emails. I want to be a professional. I'm like, start with your community. Start with your community because it's very powerful, especially for women. And then the other thing is for me and my clients, until the bulk of decisions around the home are made by the women, mm-hmm. especially the women who are in that sandwich generation, mm-hmm. aging parents, kids. Those are the people who call me. I can't live like this anymore. I, you know, I get this phone call. I woke up in the middle of the night and I realized I'm the only one who knows where the insurance policies are, where the bank accounts are, if something happens to me. So it's really those women that are making the decision and that sort of you know, kind of how I get into people's homes. I love that. You know, what you're saying, of course, is that people care for each other, right? They care about their families. They care about the future. They think about those things and they take it to heart. Not that men don't think about it, but for women, it's really a top of mind. And I think we see with women, you know, they make 85% of the purchase decisions in this country. Absolutely. And And care for their families, right? So they know they need your help when they, and, and they don't admit needing help. They don't mind admitting that they need help where some men maybe not so willing and I yes I agree with that so much more and I also think that um you know women uh they're really especially especially if they're dealing with aging parents you know that they're making these really important decisions and they also are looking at these house full of their parents stuff and they're like that's going to come to my house soon. (laughs) If I don't do something about that, a truck is going to back up to my house. So it really is. I realized very early on that my ideal, you know, I don't like to say ideal client, but the client I'm speaking to is a woman who's makes the bulk of the financial decisions in the house, who is dealing with the day-to-day operations of the house. And once I found that that's who I was talking to, the messaging got very easy. How do you set the criteria uh, with a woman who's your customer um, in terms of what we have to eliminate versus what we save. Yeah. So uh, that's such a great, great thing. So there are a couple of factors. One is the first one is how much space do they have? Mm -hmm. It's literally your home is a finite amount of space. People say to me all the time, they're like, I just need a bigger house. And I'm like, (laughs) you would just fill that up too. So the first is determining how much space that they have. And then what is their life like? You know, we work a lot with seniors, people who are downsizing. 
you know, one of the questions, are you going to host the holidays anymore? Mm-hmm. You know, I have so many clients who are like, we used to host Christmas, we used to host Passover, and now it's gone to... So, you know, what is their day-to-day like life like? So I, I have a lot of conversations. How is your house operating? Is it working for you? Where are the log jams? You know, can you park your car in your garage? <laughs> and we're very, we start with a very practical, and then we kind of pull back to the emotional. You, you know, what's interesting, Tracy, is your... A little bit like a therapist. You're trying to understand. Yes, I just don't get paid. You don't I, get paid I, the same rate. <laughs> I joke all the time. I'm like, there's a psychiatrist in Beverly Hills that's getting three times what I'm getting paid to hear the same story. <laughs> I truly, I mean, because you're really hearing what their lifestyle is like and you're forcing them to kind of think through, how am I going to be happier? What am I going to do to be more, my home be more welcoming and, and possible? I'm sure, too, you probably find once you get started, is there, okay, you're right. I think we should clear out the other room now. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean, I'm the queen of we book one. We'll, we'll do the garage and then the next thing we're doing the whole house. And and I love what you just said because I do really approach my clients with what's your vision for your home? And what's your vision for your life? Like, do you, you know, do you want to travel and mm. do you want to have your home so that you can lock the door? And, you know, what will it's not just making the house, quote unquote, perfect to look at, but. How can we make your house work for you to add to your happiness? Oh, to add to your happiness. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think what happens, too, is we end up um, accommodating, right? And, oh, I'll just take that box. Well, Mom, I'll just take that material. And then suddenly it's a pile in the room. And like you just mentioned a moment ago, I can't even go in the room any longer. Don't use the room, right? And also, yes, that absolutely. But also that there's... You know, that people need to give themselves room to process the grief or process the letting go. I work with a lot of people after divorces or after someone's passed away. And sometimes it's just a moment of like, you just get to be sad and that's okay. But then you can say goodbye and you can, you know, um, I've had so many clients say to me, and, and I think this is such an interesting statement, but they'll say, you know, when I throw away that, when I donate or let go of that thing that my grandmother gave to me, I feel like I'm losing her all over again. Right, right. So it's about what can we keep in our home that gives us the great memories, but doesn't burden us. That's interesting. Again, like a psychologist dealing with it. Now, when we talk about hoarding, we, you know, I, I have a, a friend of a friend and uh, she has boxes and, you know, you have to go through a, you know, a maze in her home. Another friend where she had a second house that she filled up and then she lives in this other house. And I psychologically, I can't even understand that. I mean, the absurdity of having two homes, one for storage and one for possibly living. Yeah. How does that happen? So this is great. So, uh, you know, I talk about this a lot. Um, I'm the child of a hoarder. My father is an extreme hoarder um, to the point he doesn't even go in his house anymore. The same thing. And I think what people need to understand, because now the word hoarding is thrown around like, oh, I'm such a, oh my God, my garage, I'm such a hoarder. It is a very debilitating mental disorder. And for a long time, they thought it was a symptom of OCD. And now they're realizing, they've realized in the DSMR that it is its own thing. And I truly believe that it's an anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. I think that people hoard this stuff to keep them from feeling their feelings. It can also be traumatic childhood experiences. Absolutely. If you, right? in, the, in my second book, I put the ACEs score in yes. it. And uh, there's so much trauma around it. And also, and I'm 
I'm more and more people are starting to say this, and I felt this for a while. I think that there's an addiction component to it. Mm. Hoarders, especially if they're shoppers, they are after that dopamine rush. Yes, yes. And um, you know, and that's what I see with my women clients who are hoarding is the shopping, the, the shopping. deals, the shopping, Do- the dealing, deals. and then they, the bag sits there or the box, and they'll often buy more than one of the same. Yeah, or I'll go into rooms and they'll have shopping bags. So I just want to tell somebody if you're listening and that you're worried about yourself or someone in your family, there is really great help out there. Cognitive behavior therapy works fantastic with hoarding disorder. So they can email me. There is a lot. But understand that because there's such a frustration. You know, for me, I always felt like my dad was choosing garbage over us. But Mm. He didn't have that ability. He didn't have that ability. Right. He really was dealing with an issue. And you were so empathetic. I, I think it's hard for people. How did you get to that empathy with him? Did you get lots help? Lots of therapy. Lots of therapy. <laughs> so you did get help. Yeah, 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 lots of therapy and understand. And when I, when I could put it in a place where I was like, oh, this is like alcoholics don't drink to hurt everyone. Right. And when I realized that, like, oh, he's not doing this to hurt him, us. He can't help it. It, it gave me. It's still frustrating. But, yes. you know. Well, you know, so many of us take it personally. Uh, he's doing it with the intent of hurting us. But in reality, it's, it's what is in his own mind. And just so everybody knows, ACEs, we've talked about before on this show, it's adverse childhood experiences. And you can take a, a short questionnaire. You go to aces.com or .org. And it has to do with having bad experiences early in your life. It could be a divorce. It could be seeing a death. It could be a traumatic incident with a family or domestic violence, all kinds of issues in the household. And unfortunately, a lot of us deal with those. They add up. And if you have four or more, it indicates you'll probably have other kinds of distress in your life, anxiety, other psychological issues, and even obesity and other issues. So uh, ab- ACEs. Is, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was re- it's really helpful when I work with clients when I know that. And, you know, I, I, I see a lot of clients in their relationship to stuff, it's like they're bringing outside forces in to manage inside feelings. Mm-hmm. So if I have all this stuff, if I buy, if I, especially with shopping, if I'm buying, I'm buying, I'm not feeling what I want to feel. That's a sad thing, isn't it? That it becomes a shield and a way of preventing rather than dealing with the issues. We're going to have to uh, move into the news and traffic in just a moment, Tracy. Uh, I want to talk about making space for happiness and the psychological part of uh, of the other side of this, right? As hard as it is to get rid of it, what it feels like on the other side, that sense of relief and happiness, and also get your your uh, tips on maybe how people could even start to get their own mindset wrapped around decluttering. So we'll be right back. We're listening and talking with uh, Tracy McCubbin, who's a declutter and organization expert. She comes into people's homes and helps to declutter. It's called Declutterify is mm-hmm. the name of her company. And she's written two great books. So hold on and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. And we're talking about a wonderful woman who works with women as they declutter their homes and organize so that they can also have greater happiness in their lives. Stay tuned. Welcome back. This is the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. 
where we talk about successful women. We learn about their leadership patterns, how they succeed, and we also learn about ourselves. Today we have Tracy McCubbin who's talking about our tendency to keep stuff as a part of our lives, and she runs a company called Declutterify. Tracy, I want to talk more about the underpinnings of this. We talked about it a moment ago. Cognitive emotional therapy is a very good way to to deal with it. Some people, I think, probably think, well, I'm, it's normal. I'm just keeping things. And as you said, we, we have a clutter crisis in our country. A lot of us, I have someone who owns public storage or storage places, and they're amazing. Loaded. Loaded. <laughs> loaded. And, and when you, you can't even remember what's in them sometimes. But tell us about your observation. You mentioned that you think it's linked to addiction and kind of unwrap that for us. Sure. I think that, you know, uh, especially in the in the consuming part and the buying part, you know, we are hunters and gatherers as people. And so we were back when we were living on the tundra or the savanna, when we came across something that we needed, we got a big hit of dopamine. So find that pear tree, you know, get that get that animal skin. Yeah. But we haven't evolved out of that. So now you go to Target and you buy something on sale and you feel like you've killed a woolly mammoth to feed your family for the winter. So we're look we're chasing that dopamine high and that and the stuff is doing that to us. So what I'm trying when I talk about and especially in the second book Make Space for Happiness is what are the other ways that you can get those same feelings without shopping. So you're going to love this, Renee. Do you know that if you write a handwritten thank you note to someone, you increase your dopamine for 30 days? No, I have no idea. Yeah. Wow. So wow. I look at things like a gratitude practice, right. being of service. I mean, good old, you know, the stuff our grandparents told us, take a walk in the sunshine. Right, Like right. how, what are the other things that we can do to increase our happiness that's not shopping? And then what happens is the shopping becomes the sprinkles on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's not we're not rooted in it you know Mm -hmm. if you know my least favorite expression is retail therapy (laughs) because really what you want to do is go sit with a girlfriend over a cup of tea and go I hate my husband today I love him but I hate him you know that's what you you, we want to connect connect you don't really need to do the shopping part it's the sitting down and talking part but sometimes the shopping is the rubric for it or the excuse for it so really there's this notion of I'm buying things because I feel like in a rush and then I don't use them. I, I put them aside. I don't understand that part of it. Right. And then what happens is add, add another layer to that, that you've bought them to feel better. Now you don't use them. They sit there. And then when you try and let go of them, you feel guilty. Guilty. Right. So right. this is something that people can put into practice today. Stop saying I need. I need a new purse. I need a new pair of boots. I need a new bathing suit. I'm going to bet my bottom dollar you don't. Mm-hmm. You just want it. And that's okay. But if you just change your languaging to say, I want this, it loses the grip it has on you. And then oftentimes you sort of forget about it. Right. So when you realize you don't really need another pair of black jeans, yes. you want them. So I'm having people kind of shift their mindset. I love that. Now, and verbally, verbalizing, that's a great way to do it. You know, it's so funny you would say that I'm off on a trip next week. And I was over the weekend... 
I need a new bag. I need a new bag. Well, I don't really, you know. And I said, well, you know what? That one will probably be just fine. Nobody will know that I've had it for five years. It doesn't make any difference. No, nobody no. will even notice. But in my head, I had it. I had I, my. I was cu- caught up in it, and I didn't buy it. Thank goodness. So, but yeah, I had to talk myself out of it. It sure felt like I wanted it, you know, and I needed it when yeah, I didn't. Yeah, and really. isn't it also interesting too? I just got back from a big two-week trip. When you're on some amazing trip and you're living your life. You don't think about what you have at home. No. You don't think that oh, I've worn this same black top for three dinners. Right. I put a cute scarf. I bought a new scarf in Italy and I feel great about it. Right. You know, I think that we have this pressure like more and yeah. buy yes. more. And, you know, yes. we, we all know people that have and they're not any happier. No, no, no. I, but I think controlling it, as you're saying, is a good idea. It's also good to have an advocate. So when you work with people, you're actually talking with them about what's important, what's key. How do they feel afterwards? How do the people, how do they express themselves once you've oh, carted away all the all the stuff? I have had everything. My favorite phone call to get is we haven't had, I had a woman call me. I worked with her. She had a small apartment. She hadn't had anybody in to fix the plumbing. She hadn't, you know, she hadn't had a friend over in 12 years. Oh my. She called me up and she. we worked together. We did her whole ha- apartment top to bottom. She got rid of so much. She called me a couple weeks later. She said, a friend of mine called me and said, I'm down the street. Do you want to meet me at the local coffee shop? And she said, no, why don't you come over to my house? Ah. And her friend said, I have known you for 15 years, and I've never stepped foot in your house. Oh. And she and her friend said, it's so great to get to know you on a different level. Oh. Like, people honestly, I, I had another, I did a virtual session with a woman who both of her parents had passed, and she was so burdened by their stuff. And in our session, the thing that lit her up, and that's what I always look for, what lights them up, was talking about these recipes handwritten by her grandmothers and her mom. And I said, why don't you scan them? Why don't you make a cookbook? Right, beautiful idea. And she said, you know, that's the only thing I care about. I don't care about that high boy. I don't care about that. I care about the recipes. And I said, you know, so it's looking, I always look for what lights people up. What lights people up. Well, that's a, you know, a wonderful service you're doing to people. You're helping them declutter their minds in a lot of ways, getting through what's really important. And what do you do with all this stuff? Do you go to Goodwill with it? Do you resell yeah, it? Yeah, this is fa- this is fantastic. So um, my very early on business model is we work as hard as we can to keep everything out of the landfill. So we work with a lot of small donation places. Um, Goodwill, those they're good. They're just bigger. We work with organizations that get women coming out of domestic violence situations into their homes, kids coming out of the foster care system. So I always tell people, if letting go is hard for you, find an organization that speaks to you. Mm -hmm. Because in your heart, kindness is going to over, you know, that's going to win. So if animals mean something to you, you know, donate to an animal organization. So we work really, really hard. And we also start really community-based. Does your housekeeper need it? Does your gardener, does your nanny, you know, Is there a young family? I had a client, her mother, she had to move her into senior living super fast. Had to go to, I think it was Cincinnati. She called me up and she was like, I got a weekend to do this. I have a house full of furniture. I don't, I I don't, I'm, I can't. Overwhelmed, right? I'm overwhelmed. I can't throw it away. And I said, okay, this is where you're from. You know, do you have a family group chat? And she said, well, actually we have a family private Facebook group. And Mm -hmm. I said, snap pictures of everything, put it up there. Let's see what happens. 
An hour later, her second cousin said, oh, my daughter just moved into her first apartment. She has no money. She's like, can I send her over with two guy friends in a U-Haul? <laughs> my client was thrilled. thrilled. Somebody else was going to be using Someone, it in the family exactly, who really needed it. Exactly. So, And um, I don't sell things because I am the bearer of bad news. You get pennies on the dollar. Yes. Furniture, yeah. China. It is not. It is a diminishing asset. So we don't sell. We work to donate as much as possible. And donate as much as possible. Tell me what surprised you the most that you found when you do this process. Any surprises in terms of what you discovered there? You know, I've I uh, I had a client. Her husband had pretty severe Alzheimer's, and we were the stuff had been shipped out from. Minneapolis and we were going through the his stuff and she'd never really kind of was like it has been in his office and he had a photo album he had been one of the soldiers the United States soldiers that had uh, liberated Auschwitz oh my and wow and she had never he had never talked about it oh my goodness and she had and all of a sudden like she realized the trauma that he had carried oh and we were able, we donated it to the Museum of Tolerance, Tolerance and she was able to, like, talk to other, like, all of a sudden, a door was unlocked in her husband's mind. So it's things like that. Mm. The things that people think that they need to keep a secret. This man was carrying this horrible thing that wasn't his, you know, and, yeah. and she... So it's things like that. Yeah, people's part of their lives uh, come alive and and come to light. Uh, That's an amazing story. I know you mentioned you even find money sometimes. Oh, all the time. People lose money all the time. I found, (laughs) I I think I'm up to finding 10 Rolex watches. I found engagement rings. I I like have a weird knack for it. (laughs) Um, We we had a client recently. We were doing their garage and the husband was being very cagey. And he was like, we couldn't figure out what was going on. And then one of my staff found a whole bunch of gold coins. And it oh. turned out the husband had thought he'd lost them. Oh. So he didn't. And then we found everyone was relieved. So, yes, we, <laughs> we find money all the time. <laughs> and when you find them, they're delighted, it sounds delighted. like. It's wonderful. Delighted. That it's might great. even be part of your goal, right? I've lost some things. Help me find them in the house as we put everything else away. One of the first intake questions I ask a client, is there anything missing that you need to find? Oh, my goodness. Wow, you are so thorough. Well, listen, I'm learning a lot. I hope the listeners are taking notes as well. This is Renee Frazier, and you're listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show. I'm the psychologist. That's why I'm always curious about what's behind the surface of these things. And on today's show, as we talk about women and why women, we lead and we succeed. But in this case, we have Tracy McCubbin, who is an expert at organizing and decluttering people's homes. We're going to learn more from Tracy about her personal journey and tips she has for entrepreneurs. She's quite successful as she's scaling into other markets. So stay tuned. You're going to hear news and traffic in just a moment. And you're listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show. Welcome back. This is Renee Frazier. We're talking about why women, and in this case, we're talking about cluttering and organizing, and we have a wonderful entrepreneur on, Tracy McCubbin. Tracy, you've written the two books, Make Space for Happiness and Making Space Clutter-Free. 
tell us the difference between the two books and what you recommend so people might pick it up and 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 utilize it themselves. Great. Yeah. So the first book, uh, Making Space Clutter Free, is about the five emotional. Sorry, it's about the seven emotional clutter blocks and why we can't let go of the stuff we don't want, need, or use anymore. So it's the emotional stories we tell about the stuff we can't let go of. And then the second book, Make Space for Happiness, is about the seven emotional clutter magnets. Yeah. It's about why we shop. So what we think is missing in our lives that we're trying to fill. Um, I have a whole section about, which will speak to this audience, about um, beauty products. Oh, yes. Yeah, that, we're, <laughs> that we think that it's going to solve everything. Right, it's, those wrinkles will disappear. I know. And 10 you know, years we, younger. Right? I know. I, I joke all the time. I'm like, look, if they found the magic serum, we would all look fantastic. Like, <laughs> right, so, um, right. so one book is about, you know, if you're trying to let go, that's the first book. If you're really like, I am over shopping, what is happening? That's the second book. That's great. I, th- I think it's important for people to be that uh retrospective and reflective of their lives. I think it's really wonderful. And and I think you'll find this very interesting. And I talk a lot about this in the second book um, about media literacy. Yes. And really you're, you know, you're in advertising and, you know, really understanding that we're being marketed to and to be smart about it. I'm, I, I will say this here. I am not a minimalist. I like to shop. I love a good beauty product. I love a cute purse. But it's about doing the research. Yes. Is this product good for me? Is it what I'm looking for? Is it where I want to spend my dollars? And I think we have really lost our media literacy. Unfortunately, I'd say that's true in part because social media has become so precise. We can find you're over 40 and you're concerned about your weight and you are traveling in the next two weeks and you're going to try to find a way to lose five pounds before you go on that trip or put on that dating suit. We know who those people are. And so the ads go right to those people or, as you said, for beauty products. Here's a revolutionary new way to get rid of the wrinkles around your eyes or whatever it may be. And it's called Photoshop. Yeah, got it. Exactly. <laughs> That's there, what they're... And Artificial. Exactly. Artificial. And you think with social media, you think those it's, par, you know, Genuine. that's your parasocial bestie. You're like, right. oh, that's my best friend. No, they're selling you something. And, right. you know, so I think, again, it's just about be a raising awareness yeah. to understand. And look, companies have to sell and that's what we do when we like to buy. But understanding that you're being marketed to and be a smart buyer. Be a smart buyer and pause. I think it's very important that you pause and don't just push that button. I think late at night, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and oh. you know, TikTok, those are the times when people buy. And uh, I myself have been victim, you know. Then you well, know. I tell people for every $50 something is that you want to buy, wait 24 hours to buy it. Oh, that's a good idea. So if it's $150, wait three days. Three days. Mm-hmm. That's a really good rule. I'm learning a lot. I'm going to <laughs> tighten my belt. Well, Tracy, we talked about the the way in which uh, people, you know, they clutter, the way in which you help them think through the questions of their lives. It's not just that you come in and you reorganize. There's a real process for people coming to grips with their own lives. And I think you also have some tips on ways we could even re-examine ourselves. What are your five recommendations? Oh, this is a great one. And this is a takeaway. This is also available on my website if you don't want to write it down. But I have five questions you can ask yourself about every item in your home. And it can help you decide if you want to, should it stay or should it go? So first of all, do you use it on a semi-regular basis? So like, for instance, I have a giant platter. It's huge, but I use it every Thanksgiving. I used it for 24 Thanksgivings. I use it. So do you use it on a semi-regular basis? 
if you let it go, could you reasonably buy it or borrow it again? Is it costing you more money to keep it? Uh-huh. Right? Also, do you have a place to store it? Mm-hmm. Are you not paying outside, you know, outside fees to store it? Do you have a place to store it? Um, and then the other thing is, is it making you money? Oh. Right? But this is tricky hmm. because people say, well, like, I'm going to have a garage sale. No, you're not. You're not going to have a garage sale. <laughs> yeah, you know, so yeah. that pile in the corner, I'm going to sell this on eBay. You're probably not. Really do the equation. If you're thinking about selling things, I always say this to people, do your equation about what's your time worth. Is it worth your time? It takes so much time to sell that stuff. Absolutely. And then wait for the people to come and pick it up. And then, uh, they, and then oh, they don't come. And the thing. Right. So, you know, that. Is it making you money? Is it something you use for to gener- to actually generate income? And then the last one is some things in our homes we just love. We just love them. And that's great. Have I want everything in your home for you to love it. So sometimes we have things that seem silly. I collect um, fabric from wherever I travel and I make pillows. No. So my house is full. And I look at it and I'm like, that was a trip to Guatemala. That was a trip to Morocco. Right. I love them. I love them. Love them. So. And it does, so they're worth having. Now, I'm curious. So when you go, you buy fabric and then you make it into a pillow cover. I, I usually buy scarves uh-huh. in the city so that I can remember where it was or a piece of jewelry. It's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and the nice thing about buying us, like you said, when you buy a scarf and you get a compliment, you can say, "Oh, I got this on an amazing trip in the south of France," right. and and then also when you buy scarves, it helps you pack less because then you throw it That's on, right. on your like trip. You said that black top. <laughs> yeah, I'm off to Columbus, Ohio, and I mean, I'm going to see if I buy a scarf there. We'll see, but yes, yes, yes. You know, my 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 downfall is clothes. So your five questions apply to that, and I also have this rule: if I buy something new, I have to get rid of something in That's my closet. That's a great. Rule. Give it away. And this is a great tip, too, about clothes because I, uh, if you have an organized closet, so if you color coordinate your closet, so all your tops together, all your skirts together, all your pants, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I have 12 pairs of black pants. <laughs> like when they're all, when it's mishmash and not organized, you don't see what you have. And again, I'm not telling everyone to throw everything away, but I want clothes in your closet. I joke with clients all the time when there's like dust on the shoulders. They're like, I wear that all the time. I'm like, there's a quarter inch of dust. dust. How could that possibly <laughs> be, right? Right. <clears throat> or it's in that, it's been in that plastic for how long, right? Right, and, dry and the cleaning. fuzzy on the dry cleaners. Dry cleaners, right, right. I did something recently, which I had never done before, um, we have an extra closet in my husband's office, and I had, I had about twenty pieces of clothes that were they're excellent and good shape, and I just was a little sick of them, and I was like, you know what, I'm not ready to let them go because they're nice designer pieces. Let me just move them out of my closet for a while. And then the other day, they've been out of the closet for about six months, and I was looking for something. And I was like, oh, look at that cute top. So it was like I shopped in my own closet. Shopped in your own closet. Not a bad idea. Absolutely. Well, Tracy, you're a successful entrepreneur. What advice do you give to people who are thinking about or want to build out their own company? They've started, but they're not sure. What advice would you give to them? Oh, this is, I learned this the hard way. Um, In the very beginning, track all of your hours so that you know what you're, that you're getting paid enough. I, uh, when I started doing that, I realized I was making less than all of my employees. <laughs> so I think it's really tracking how much time you're putting in and you're never billing enough. 
Yes, you're never especially women. We yeah. never bill enough. I at the conference that we met at, about six women were like, "You are not charging enough." I'm like, "I know." <laughs> you should probably tell us how do you charge? You charge by we the charge hour? by the hour. So by- yeah, if you are local, I mean, we work all over the country, but if you're in the local Los Angeles area, we I do a free consultation. So I come in. I have organizers in every price point, so I can work with any budget. I come in, or one of my operations managers comes in. We do a free consultation. It takes about a half an hour, and then we write up a proposal. So going in, you know what this is going to cost you. Well, Tracy, how do they find you? Give us your website. Absolutely. www.declutterfly.com, D-C-L-U-T-T-E-R-F-L-Y.com, or Instagram is my big social media, at Tracy McCubbin, and I... DM me there. We're, we're, it's a great way to communicate. Excellent. Excellent. No, I do that with Instagram all the time. Now, you talked about scaling up. What's your plan? Uh, San Diego, San Francisco, New York? What, what do you think? I think actually we're going to go, we're looking at Denver. We're looking at Dallas. Um, we're really, I have a couple calls. We're trying to decide if it's a franchise situation or a licensing. So if anybody's out there and they are thinking about opening a business, reach out to me because I'm making a list of people in other cities. Oh, that's wonderful. Makes a lot of sense. And Tracy. then I have to figure out how to clone myself or anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you're che- you know, che- you've taught us a lot on this show. I think you can teach others how to practice it and then you'll be the quality control person, right? Yes. Checking them out. I've, I've loved what you've said about the five questions you ask each other. Would you mind repeating those one more time? Sure. So should it stay or should it go? Okay. Do you use it on a semi-regular basis? Could you, if you let it go, could you reasonably borrow it or buy it again? Do you have a place to store it? Um, do you have a place to store it? Is it generating income currently actively, or do you just love, 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 love it? Right, and you're allowed to keep it if you love, 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 love it. But you have to really love but, it. And you also have to love it. It's not guilt. It's not sadness. It's not grief. It's true. This thing is beautiful, and I love it. It's not like, oh, my aunt gave it to me, and I think she'll come back and haunt me if I let it go. Right. It's not shame. It's no, not guilt. It's no, not no, for no, someone no. else. You and have that's to a, love it. That's a great word to to kind of end up on is that so many people when they call me are coming from a place I'm so embarrassed to show you my house and we just it's like no judgment no judgment no it doesn't it doesn't matter how you got here you're making the phone call is you're changing you're changing your behavior and good for you for changing your behavior I love it well Tracy McCubbin it's been wonderful talking with you and it's like the word butterfly but it's declutterfly exactly you got it right your clutter just flies away I love it Tracy this has been fabulous. You've been listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier show, Why Women. We talk about why women lead and succeed. And in this case, we also talked about why we like to keep things around us and how we as the homemakers that we are, family makers, love and family are so important to us. Sometimes we take on that responsibility that includes caring for other people's stuff. And we've learned a lot about how to declutter our homes and organize. Thank you, Tracy, for being on the show today. Thank you for having me, Renee. You've been listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. You can find all of our shows at my website, FrazierCommunications.com. And please check out Frazier Communications. We're a full-service advertising and marketing firm with digital advertising, national efforts. Happy to talk with you about our efforts as well as our show, Why Women. Have a great week ahead. This is Renee Frazier.